Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Macharco, host of DC Entrepreneur. I'm speaking today with Margarita Rosenfeld. She is the CEO of Insight International. She is also the personality behind the Leadership Insights podcast. Welcome today. Thank you so much, George. Good to be here. Margarita is an organizational development professional, and she's got a great background here in Washington, D.C., and we're going to talk today about leadership in the community. So, uh, Margarita, tell me how you uh, got started in your current career path. Well, it was a little circuitous. I wish I could say it was really strategic from the beginning, but that's not how it went. I was really strategic up through my first job after college, and then I just kind of meandered and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was very focused on becoming a foreign service officer when I was in college, and um, I meandered my way um, after that. Uh, you know, Stephen Covey has this great metaphor. He says, like, you climb, a tr- you know, you climb a ladder, and then you figure out that it was leaning against the wrong tree. I sort of found that that's what happened to me. I was very purposefully, you know, taking this curriculum in college, and I was international affairs and Spanish major. I had all the right classes, all the right internships, and uh, then uh, I got to my first job after college, and uh, it was an international development, and I realized... You know, I really like this, but I, I, I'm not doing exactly what I want to be doing. And then I ended up at a large consulting firm. And then I figured out very quickly I wasn't a corporate personality. And that's where my quarter-life crisis started, where I didn't know what kind of a personality I was and what I was supposed to do with my life. I really felt like I was disconnected from my purpose. And right around that time when I was trying to search and find out what it is I was supposed to do, I met somebody at a party who asked me if I was a coach because usually I ask a lot of questions. And uh, they tend to be sometimes very personal questions. And I, I suppose I was asking those kinds of questions. And he um, said that I sound like his coach in conversation and that I should hmm. call her. And mm-hmm. so that was my first, uh, I guess, exposure to anything related to, uh, to personal or professional development and something I never thought about for myself. And uh, being a curious, open person, I thought I was going to kind of follow that and see what happens. And so after I spoke with her, I realized all the things I kind of do naturally are things I could get paid for. So I thought, you know, why not? Let's give this a try. And I was in my mid-20s. And so when I walked into the coach training program, she recommended I was by far the youngest person in the room. And uh, yet I ended up having this um, great set of skills I didn't even know I had because somebody thought I did. And uh, I I accidentally became a business owner. I started a consulting business uh, doing this coaching uh, work and very quickly fell into the entrepreneur niche. I started networking and ended up meeting a lot of fascinating entrepreneurs and realized this is the people I'm really drawn to. This is who I want to be working with. And so that was, um, I guess, how I ended up having a business. And then I accidentally became someone successful at it that 10 months later, I ended up quitting my corporate job and going full time into my coaching business. And then, you know, it has kind of evolved over the last 15 years from there. Mm-hmm. But I find that um, 
having that circuitous path and then uh, being kind of like this accidental business owner was uh, was an interesting way to begin. So talk to me about going from Yes Circle into being the CEO of Insight International. Like how how did you make the change into doing something different than um, working with uh, startups and entrepreneurs in the DC area? Um, to doing something that's more organizational focused, enterprise focused. That's a really good question. I, I think that uh, you, you asked me, like, you know, how much of what I've done has been intentional, almost, and how much of it has been kind of just, you know, following the cookie crumbs. <laughs> and I think that it's been a little bit of both. So I found that as um, my startup clients, their businesses grew, they would ask me to do things that, you know, not just individual coaching for the entrepreneur, but they would say things like, "Wow, you're such a good coach." Coach, we have this retreat coming up. Would you facilitate this retreat for me and my team? And I'd be like, um, how much time have I got? And he would be like, four months. And I'd say, sure, I can do this in four months. And then I'd run out and get training on how to facilitate a retreat, you know. And then somebody else would say, oh, you know, you're such a good facilitator. We need some customer service training. Is that something you can do? And I would say, how long have I got? <laughs> they would say six months. And I would run out and try to find out everything I could about being a good trainer. And you know, it just happened that these skills were very natural to me. But I sort of allowed the market demand to dictate some of the work that I had done, at least for the first couple of years. And it was a bit like throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. But then over time, it became much more intentional. And so as my name got passed along to people's organizations, and it became more nonprofits and government clients clients and corporate clients, you know, certainly by that point, I had a lot of experience and I learned how to say yes and no to opportunities much, much better and more intentionally. So it's sort of um, everything I started doing has been due to somebody asking me to do something and then trusting me to do it and, and then me being surprised that I, I did a decent job and somebody else, you know, was referred to me based on that. Um, so the organizational part really grew really from, from the smaller businesses to larger businesses to then referrals, which I think is how many businesses grow. So it has been 15 years now since I've you know been doing this work, which is kind of scary how quickly it has gone. And um, I still occasionally will get a smaller business client. And um, at this point, it's just a lot of nonprofits and government clients and, and much larger organizations. But I, I do find that working with people that have that entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, the, that are seeing big things for themselves and their organizations has been still very energizing. And those people are everywhere. You know, I think nonprofits in a way have to be very entrepreneurial just because they have also fewer resources and they, they have to think that way. Excellent. So um, talk to me about your uh, your coaching experience, going and becoming a coach, and then how you apply that to uh, developing leaders within organizations? That's a good question. I feel like uh, coaching is, um, I teach coaching actually as a skill set to my organizational clients because I do believe that it is such um, a powerful skill set. Um, just like when you break down what it means to be a leader, I truly believe that it's a set of skills that you can break down, and coaching is one of those skills. So because I've taught it so much, I have a very particular view on, on what it is and um, how it can be used. I think the, the power of coaching is being able to ask really thoughtful, open-ended, insightful questions and listen 
um, and really listen at a level where it's not listening for what you want to hear, but really listening for what is truly happening and listening for what is under the surface, like what values is somebody expressing when they're sharing something with you. So when somebody comes um, to work and they're really upset, you're not just looking at the fact that they're upset that somebody, uh, you know, stole their thunder at a presentation, but you're really listening for values, like what value was being honored or not honored when they're upset. And then you can use that information as a leader to help um, really understand where this person is coming from, what pushes their buttons, what motivates them, what drives them, and how can you influence them uh, and motivate them in a way that they need to be motivated. I think that adage, uh, treat others as you want to be treated. In leadership, I don't believe in that. I believe that you really have to treat others the way that they need to be treated because each of us has our own particular drivers and motivators. And I think that part of the coaching skill set is really listening for the nuances of what does drive and motivate and influence particular individuals and groups to behave in a way that's going to ultimately benefit them and the organization. Talk to me about giving feedback to people that are developing into leaders. How does one give feedback in an appropriate manner? Well, I think that tuning into how somebody needs to receive feedback is really important. Um, some people um, have more of a direct and task oriented style and they believe and they like to get their feedback like straight up you know like George you know that headset you're wearing does not become you <laughs> that that's a terrible example <laughs> but you know somebody might um, might give um, like a very abrupt type of feedback because they have thick skin and that's how they take it but their employee maybe a really sensitive person who needs some encouragement and support as they receive that feedback. And then it goes back to developing those listening skills we talked about earlier. It's really important to understand not only how somebody receives feedback, but the impact of what we say on them. And I think that being in tune and present, and sometimes it's challenging because we're so swamped all the time and we have so much information coming at us from all directions. So it's it asks a lot of the business owner, but I think that that's the difference between somebody who is just a manager or just a business owner and a leader. A leader is somebody who truly listens, who hears, who develops people, not just tries to get a task accomplished. Because it's a very strategic approach when we think about leading and developing people long term. You know, um, it costs incredible amounts for a business, especially a smaller business, to lose an employee and then to replace them. And all that institutional knowledge and all that hard work that has been put into training an employee. And um, at this point, there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of best places to work. Um, and the employee doesn't have to take it and doesn't have to stay there. So I think that's why it's important, um, especially to have this development approach as a leader, whether you're in a business or an organization or a government agency. And how do you provide the best support that that person needs? It. And if you're the kind of person who's really uncomfortable with conflict or providing feedback, but the person you're with is that task-oriented person who needs it straight, you really have to kind of coach yourself And how do you provide that level of feedback because it's not going to, um, it's not going to be received well if we're kind of meandering into, um, you know, 
telling somebody what they really need to hear directly. So again, that's like tuning in and and being self-aware of what are my comfort levels, where do I tend to default to as a leader um, in any level of communication, and how does my employee or how does my peer or how does my business partner need to be communicated with that is maybe different than the way that I need to receive it. How can people that work underneath another leader in their organization manage upwards in a sense where they have to give that feedback and they have to also cut coach someone else that's a leader within the organization. What's the, the, the best process for someone to do that without harming the relationship? That's a really good question. I think that's really tricky. I think that a lot of times, especially middle managers, are kind of stuck between, you know, that level of having to manage up a lot and then having to manage down and then having a lot of peers. And I think that it's kind of a similar approach. I think it's really understanding where is your boss coming from, you know, understanding that they're swamped and overwhelmed and maybe they've never had a leadership development class in their life and they've never read a management book. They just happen to be this entrepreneur who is brilliant at the thing that you are all developing and selling. And so it's really, I think, understanding the mindset of the people that you work with and being very sophisticated and maybe you taking leadership classes or reading those leadership books, you know, to understand what are the different uh, things to look for? How does that person need to be communicated with? How do they receive feedback? You know, when do you catch them on a good day? You know, when you find that right moment to give them the news that may not be the news they want to hear, but also really having very transparent conversations with them and almost like coaching up in a way, you know, and saying, George, you know, I want to be the best support for you. What does that look like to you? You know, when I have bad news to give you, how do I do that? What's the right timing? And and really, I think people really appreciate being asked these questions. They may not be able to answer right away because they may never have thought about this before. But even the fact that you show that you care, that you really are trying to do a great job, people can really sense when it is that we are just checking off a list, you know, and then when we're truly intent on doing the best work um, and we have the best intentions going in. Hmm. So you mentioned something about um, how leadership development is a process and it seems that it's not something that happens overnight. Can you talk about the time investment it takes to develop a leader? Because it's, it's a really long time horizon. Like how does how does one develop into a leader over time? Can, can organizations manage, manage this whenever they have um, lots of turnover in their staff when they have lots of um, uh, turf battles in different departments, how does how does an organization deal with the development of a leader over long periods of time? Well, I think that development. I mean, the word development it it's not a light switch term. It's it does take time, and I, and I think that um, it really depends on the person's capacity, and it depends on the person's willingness and desire to grow. I think that there is a couple of types of mindsets. One is a fixed mindset, and we've all heard that. I am the way I am. You know, I this is my leadership style, and the rest of you have to deal with it. And if you have somebody who believes that, um, I don't know how much you know, you can do to really change that. If somebody is like, this is the fixed point in time and I'm not interested, there's not a whole lot. But but really, I find the majority of people, um, they may not have, uh, they, they may have come upon their business or the leadership role because they were really good technically at what they were doing and they got promoted or they ended up owning a business. And a lot of people have an open growth mindset. Like, I want to grow, but somebody needs to help me because I've never done this thing before. And so, but 
but at the same time, they're having to do their work, um, their technical work and their business development work of their business owner and all these other things at the same time as they're trying to grow as a leader. So um, I feel like there are so many ways that organizations can handle that. Again, if you um, if you know that somebody needs that support, sending them to a le- like a really solid leadership development programs. I mean, there are some of these like half day things that you can't possibly walk away with, you know, having the skills that you need. But even like having that open door and having somebody go from, gosh, you know, um, I think therefore I am to wow, I don't know what I don't know. That in itself is interesting. Uh, A lot of organizations I know who have maybe lower budgets will have a business book club, you know, where they will read leadership books every couple of months and then they discuss them and they talk about what they learned. Um, So I feel like it's um, leadership mindset goes along with a learning mindset. Um, There's also, of course, coaching and I'm not at all plugging, you know, my own coaching, although I'm happy to help anyone that, you know, is a good fit for. But it has changed my life. You know, when I was in my mid 20s and I started this crazy business that I didn't know anything about, my coach was the one who pushed me and, you know, just really made sure that I was accountable for meeting the goals that I set for myself, including my growth goals. So having somebody that doesn't tell you what you want to hear, like a lot of times when you're in your organization and you're the top person, people don't really tell you the truth. You know, they can't. There's a complete power differential. So I think it's important to surround ourselves, whether it's coaches, it's friends, it's peers, you know, it's a a peer group such as Yes Circle or Vistage or whatever, you know, where you can hear the truth, sometimes not so kind truth about our own style. And somebody saying, uh, you know, Margarita, you're, you're not doing this right. Like you really, there's like 12 ways to think about it and you're not thinking about it the right way. So I think it's it's constantly challenging yourself. And uh, again, if you're not the person who is in charge of that and you have a leader that you are like, wow, this person can really use support, one, testing their level of willingness to grow. And if, if they do have willingness, you know, just again, having a conversation and, and finding out what, what kinds of uh, processes work for them is really important or just offering them the different kinds and seeing what sticks, you know, um, Sometimes we don't know what we don't know, and so it's about experimentation. Sure. Now, you're also involved with Leadership Greater Washington. Uh, can you speak to me about how you get involved with them and how that's helped uh, contribute to your some of your own de- leadership development skills and also helping other leaders grow? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I can talk about Leadership Greater Washington all day, and I just find them to be one of the most amazing organizations. It's by far the best thing I've done for my business. Um, And it's not actually intended to be a leadership development program. Um, It is intended to be a um, connection and regional development program uh, in the area. And there's actually quite a number of them. So if you have listeners who are listening from other parts of the country, there is, you know, Leadership Arlington, Leadership Chicago, Leadership Atlanta. I mean, there's all kinds of leadership programs all over the country. And so they intend to bring together powerful leaders from different industries. Um, And the idea is that if you bring these powerful leaders together and you give them an opportunity to really, truly connect at a deep level, then we have, um, we can talk about regional issues and then we can solve them together. 
Um, so, of course, I represented small businesses. We had owners of law firms. We had government, um, you know, high-level government officials. We had um, a lot of nonprofit leaders. The way it benefited me is, one, it gave me exposure to aspects of the region that I really don't come in contact with every day. You know, one of the program days, we were able to go on a ride-along with a police officer. Um, and I did that in Arlington County, and I found out things I had no idea idea existed in my own county. I mean, the level, um, one of the cases was a woman who was um, abused, you know, and it was a domestic violence case, and she only spoke Spanish, and it just happened that, um, you know, I'm a bad, but a Spanish speaker, and, um, you know, I was the only person in the room who spoke Spanish and was the only female person in the room, and so I was able to contribute in a way that I never expected. So I think that having exposure like that really changes you, and you you were asking earlier about how to develop leaders putting us in contact with what we don't know we don't know in those ways and just being open to, I mean, the learning is incredible. And then for my own business, uh, a good number of people I've come in contact with, I mean, they get leadership, they get organizational development, they get that their organizations need strategic planning and aligning with their vision and, and making sure their teams are on board so that they could perform at the highest level. So I've ended up unexpectedly having a whole number of clients um, that have come that way. And of course, when I started my podcast, Leadership Insights, I think, I don't know, like Ninety percent of my guests so far have been people that I have met and admired through Leadership Greater Washington. So it's just like a gift that keeps on giving. So talk to me about the podcast that you've recently developed. Now, you, you've had some great interviews. You've had uh, the leader from the Washington Business Journal, Doug Freeling. Doug Freeling. Doug Freeling. Doug yeah. Freeling. Uh, the owner of Rest in Limousine, a uh, $25 million company. Is that correct? Yeah, I think 26 and climbing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, you had a really great interview with Doug Duncan. Yeah, who which is I the thought, president of Leadership Greater Washington. I thought that was an amazing interview because you got him to talk about something that's a very personal issue that a lot of leaders will not, frankly, address. How do you get, um, how do you get insight from these various leaders when you interview them? Like, What is the process you think about when you're talking to them to get them to open up? Well, that's such a good question. You know, I feel like the podcast, it, it's only been around for about four or five months, and I've learned so much since that time. Um, I feel like when I first started it, I wasn't exactly sure, well, about anything. You know, I didn't know what the focus of the podcast was going to be, or um, I knew some of the people I wanted to interview, but I didn't really know. I thought we were going to talk about, like, leadership as a concept. But really what I ended up uh, ended up happening on the very first episode with a gentleman named uh, Scott Jackson from Global Impact impact is he just opened up uh, so much his childhood story and he shared this incredible story that took place during the civil rights movement and he's he just like it's a story that sh- there's probably going to be a movie made about it you know and so it opened my eyes that when you really connect to somebody heart to heart and they open up to you and just the power of context of a story. So I think it's one thing to talk about leadership or any topic as a generality. And it's another to really get to know who is the human being behind that. And you mentioned, you know, Doug Duncan, um, who talked about um, dropping out of a governor race in Maryland several years ago due to depression. I had so many people come to me, and Doug has told me so many people have come up to him since that point, and he has really publicly shared that in the past. So this was certainly not the first time he opened up about it, but it was one of the times. And people would tell me things like, wow, thank you so much for bringing that story. I had no idea. You know, I'm dealing with this in my family. And I feel like podcasts or any other so 
medium like that have this capacity to share these stories and and one destigmatize some of the things that people are talking about, whether it's uh, depression uh, with Doug or Doug Freeling, who talked about lacking confidence sometimes as a leader um, to being gay, you know, in a very public job. I feel like by these well-known pillars of our community sharing their own stories and opening up their hearts, it really allows other leaders who listen to open up ours and to say, how much of my story do I share? How vulnerable am I being? And can I be a strong leader if people don't truly know who I am as a person? I don't believe that that's possible. So um, it has really actually made me question and become a little bit more self-aware about how much I hide behind my sort of personality and my persona in business and how much do I share from my heart. Um, So I, yeah, so that level of awareness I have learned and grown from. So I'm so grateful when people are real and when they're able to share stories that all of us can learn from and benefit from. So this podcast it just has been such a gift and um, such an unexpected gift at all. I just didn't, didn't know what I didn't know. So I think maybe that's the theme. Like when you explore what you don't know, all kinds of incredible things Great. can come from it. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today, Margarita, to speak with us. And uh, if you want to get more information, where can they go? Uh, anybody can go on my website, www.insightinternational. That's I-N-C-I-T-E, international.com. And my podcast link is there as well. Um, they can connect on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter with Insight Yes. Um, and I'm sure you're going to put those things in show notes. So, they will be, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they can click right through. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this conversation. Great. Thank you, Margarita. Tune in next time for the episode of DC Entrepreneur on Fridays at 2 p.m. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>